Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy that endures forever and ever. Father, tonight I thank you for revelation of the times that we live in. We know that nothing takes you by surprise. Lord, you always declare the end from the beginning. And Father, we thank you that peace will come throughout the nation and nations in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just rebuke fear, doubt, and unbelief in the name of Jesus. Lord, and I just release a peace of God that passes all understanding in the name of Jesus. Upon each and every person under the sound of my voice. And Father, we thank you for your holy written word that's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you will, open your Bibles to St. John chapter 16. How about that? St. John. This is Big John. You got Baby John in the back. That's right. John. First, second, third John, Baby John. This got Big John. So we're going to Big John 16. By direction of the Holy Ghost. And we want to establish some truths in the Spirit about God Himself and about the times that we live in so that you could be at peace and not be in fear and know that God is still in control. He has not fell off the throne. Amen. St. John chapter 16, and we'll start reading in the verse number 5. Jesus said in St. John 16 verse 5, says, But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you ask me, Whither goest thou? Verse 6 says, But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. They didn't want to be left alone. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient, advantageous, necessary. It is good for you. It's all wrapped up in that word. For you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter, who we know to be the Holy Ghost, the standby, the advocate, the intercessor, our helper, he said, will not come unto you. He said, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. So in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost was poured out and he's been here ever since. He is the comforter and we can depend on him and he leads us and guides us into all truth. Isn't that right? Well, let's skip on down because it talks about what he does and what he says there, but I'm not covering all that. Verse 13, this is the verse I really wanted to get to. Jesus went on to say, How be it, when he, the spirit of truth, is come. Now, the spirit of truth is the same thing as the Holy Ghost. It's the same thing as the Holy Spirit. It's the spirit of truth. It's not three different entities. It's one Holy Ghost. Isn't that right? One Holy Spirit. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, what will he do? He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God our Father, that shall he speak, and he will show you things 
to come. So number one, we see he's going to guide us into what? All truth. The world today is seeking for an answer. God has the truth. We're going to reveal that truth tonight by the Holy Ghost. Amen. He said he will here guide you into all truth. And then the latter phrase in that verse, he says he will show you things to come. Which means in good country talk, he'll reveal to you future events. What's going on with coronavirus and anything else on this earth today? It did not catch God by surprise. In fact, remember what the Lord told me in December as I heard everybody prophesying, and I'm not, I say everybody, it wasn't everybody. I don't know everybody, so I don't want to exaggerate. But I heard all these wonderful, this, not, yay, nay, hey, baby, yeah, my, nay, yay, be, and all this. And I just said in my spirit, this is going to be a year of warfare like you ain't seen in a while. This year of 2020. Then in January, he said, this will be a year of distractions, remember? And I preached that here. Well, it's turned out to be exactly what the Lord said, but I want to bring comfort to you. And I want to go back in time. So we need to get in this DeLorean. And we need to get it going 88 miles an hour. And I want to take you back to 2004. Because in 2004, I was sitting in West Decatur, Pennsylvania. Anybody know where Pennsylvania is? Anybody know where West Decatur is? <laughs> the church I was in, I was sitting in the church, and this was in 2004 in West Decatur, Pennsylvania, and uh, this was in uh, October of 2004. And uh, the old saying goes, and the way the pastor used to say it, they're so far out in the country that you had to go to town to go hunting. <laughs> if you wanted to go hunting, you had to go to town because it was out in the country on top of a hill. In fact, I took my twin-engine airplane and I come down over the top of that thing that was putting a new roof on it. And I pulled the throttles back till I got right down over the top of the roofers and I shot the throttles 550 horsepower. Boom! They thought the rapture happened. <laughs> they hit the roof and they got right with God and all of them quit cussing at once. It was amazing. <laughs> but it was at that church. You remember that church? It was at that church. I was sitting on the front row and I just was, had planned to maybe get up and, and, and speak a little good message on faith or victory or something. Just a nice message, you know. Just make everybody happy. I want to make people happy. And while I was sitting there, the Spirit of God said, because I'd had experiences previous to this, but I just want to start right there because I'm going to bring us up to where we're at today so you can understand that nothing catch God by surprise and He does nothing in this earth unless He reveals it to His servants. He reveals truths to His servants. I'm not saying he'll reveal it to everybody, but he'll reveal it to his servants that stand in the place to hear his voice and it's called to hear it. Amen. You understand? All of us don't have the same job. So, and uh, as I was sitting there, I was, uh, the praise worship team was, you know, having praise and worship just like here. 
And the Lord said this in my spirit. He said, you're not going to get up and preach what you plan to preach. I said, yes, I am too. <laughs> he said, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. I said, Lord, Lord, I knew what he was talking about. I knew because I'd had an experience in September that people don't want to hear. A lot of times it's hard for people to hear from God because they won't hear what he's saying. They've already got him figured out. They put him in a box. Nothing else can happen that don't happen in this little criteria here. But I had had a vision in September of 2004. This is October. So it's about a month earlier. And in this vision, I saw devastation and destruction coming on the United States of America. I knew it would affect our economy and it would affect our nation in a way like we hadn't been affected in a long time. I saw devastation and destruction and pandemonium and things torn up and torn apart. I saw it. And the Lord said, you're not going to share what you wanted to share. You're going to get up and you're going to tell them about the vision that I gave you and warn them about what's going to happen. He said, I tried to declare to people what's going to come so they can prepare for it. And I argued with the Lord about it, but gently, of course. <laughs> Why? Because he's bigger than we are. <laughs> but I just kind of protested, you know. I said, Lord, you know, these people, don't, they need encouraging. They don't need to be talking about this devastation and destruction and what I saw coming on the United States. And I said, probably most of them don't believe it. No, they're faith folks. <laughs> you think just because we're faith folks there's never going to be a test or trial think just because we're faith folks that we're never going to have attack that seems to be the mentality but I said Lord I can't do it Lord I, I, I just I don't, I don't want to discourage these people in this little church on top of this hill where you have to go to town to go hunting I said these people need encouraging he said, no. He said, they need to be told the truth and that will bring them encouragement. And I said, Lord. He said, well, you know what I've called you to do, don't you? I said, well, Lord. I said, we've talked about it a little bit. I said, but Lord, you ain't got to act that way about it, you know. He said, do you want me to show you again what I've called you to do? Sitting right there in that church, I didn't sit down. I said, Lord, if you just have to, you, you can do it. He said, turn to Ezekiel chapter 33. So turn there. Is that all right? Amen. He said, you know, I've talked to you about this through who you call Dad Hagen. When he sat down and put his right arm around you and talked to you for over one hour. And he said, you've resisted this. Because a lot of people say, well, I want to stand in that office. I want to stand in that place. Wait till the Lord goes to, to tell you to go to people and tell them they're going to die. Yeah. You don't want to do that if you're in your right mind. I had to go tell my board member's family that he was going to die. Yes, my own board member, 49 years old. Because the Lord wanted me to prepare them. And they're faith folks. You don't die at 49, faith folks. But he did. And I didn't want to tell him. 
but I had to. But anyway, the Lord said, let me remind you of what I told you and called you to. And so you'll do what I tell you to do because if you don't, he said, it's going to be bad for you. He said, you're going to do it or else. And I said, okay, Lord. He said, let me remind you again, Ezekiel 33, verse number seven. He gave me this verse and wrote it in my spirit, sitting on that front row in Western Cater, Pennsylvania. He said in verse seven of Ezekiel 33, he said, so thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Now, a house of Israel in this verse is, is a type and shadow of the body of Christ today. He that set thee a watchman or seer, someone that sees and knows things supernaturally, to the house of to the church. He said, Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. Has anybody ever had a warning ministry? Has anybody ever signed up for a warning ministry? Verse 8 says, When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at your hand. Right. Sobering. Nevertheless, verse 9, if you warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. In other words, if you do what the Lord tells you to do, regardless of what anybody else does, if you say what the Lord tells you to say, and, and they don't change or, or don't hear what the Lord is saying, I'm not talking about what I'm saying, I'm talking about what the Lord is saying, I've done my part. If they don't change, their blood's not going to be on my hands. But if I don't tell somebody and warn somebody that the Lord tells me to, or warn the body of Christ, or warn the world, or warn a nation, you know, one time God sent me to England. He sent me there supernaturally. By the way, when I got there, I was going to see the queen and she'd come over here to Canada, I guess. <laughs> I guess you heard I was in the country. <laughs> Uh, we went down to the Buckingham Palace, you know, to see the change of the guards and all that. And the queen went in there and found out she had come over here to Canada, tried to straighten y'all out and gave up and went back, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I was sitting there. So what's this all got to do? Just hang on. Sometimes when you stand in this place, it's not popular. You know, and, and, I, and you don't want to be one that is always saying things, you know, and telling people things and warning people about things. You know, you want to say, hey, yay, yay, victory today. Ain't no problem. Let's go this way. <laughs> and that's, you know, and we need to have a good positive attitude. But there's a balance to everything. Dad Hagen walked in that balance. God would use him to warn about things. He would write books about things. He would visit him about things and tell the church what to do to get in line, you know. And of course, I don't know everything and I don't know it all. But I do know this, the devil is not going to take over. I said he's not going to take over. So I'm sitting in this church and he just raked, you, call, you know what you call it in the country? Raked me over the coals, so to speak. He just reestablished, I've called you to this. I told you you're going to do it or else. And I said, Lord, I don't really want to do that. That's not my personality. You know, that's not me. 
I want to be fun loving, outgoing, everybody like me, all that kind of stuff, you know. He said, you get up and you tell these people what you saw. So we always submit to the Lord, you know. So I got up and I told them about the vision. I told them I saw devastation and destruction come on the United States in the year of 2005. And if the church would pray, it could be averted. But because of the sin of the church and the nation, it had opened the door to the devil and it was going to bring destruction in our nation. Thank you for getting excited about it. We're leading up to something. That's all over the world right now. We should have had people standing up warning people before we got to this point that we are now with this doggone coronavirus. Instead of telling them everything was going to be all right, we ought to be telling them, you sorry, scandal, scoundrel, you better get on your doggone knees and pray and repent. You better get out of that sin. You better quit taking God out of your schools and out of your society and out of your government. Because it's not God killing people with the coronavirus, it's the doggone devil. I'm here to tell you. And now we don't have to be afraid of him, but we got to know how to deal with him. And when you got a church world as a whole, not every church, uh, you know, Elijah got to the point he thought he was the only one serving God. And God said, no, you're not. I've got 7,000 that hadn't bowed their knee to Baal in Israel. But I would point out there were only 7,000 <laughs> in all the nation. But some of these things I'm telling you, we bring on ourselves because of disobedience. So I got up and told him what I saw. And then, of course, the Lord had me share it again. I actually had to write a news letter about what I saw. And, it, you know, it, it really doesn't draw a crowd when you start doing this, you know. And then in, in 2005, sure enough, here come Hurricane Katrina. Y'all remember that? And I'm telling you, it ripped and tore and snort and blowed up things, tore down things. And, and you, you know uh, Pastor David Hodges, Pastor David and Jill Hodges. He used to be the head usher for Brother Hagin. But uh, he was, you know, down at, uh, in, in Gulfport, Mississippi. And so I was concerned because I knew what the Lord had shown me. So I called him and I said, Pastor Dave, pastor of the church, I said, what you going to do? The storms are coming. I said, come on up here to, to Columbus where we're at, you know, Columbus, Georgia. We're further inland. Come on up here. He said, well, Randy, he said, I, I'm going to stay with my people. That's admirable, you know, because some of these people was going to stay. And I said, uh, you sure about that? He said, yes. I said, well, this is, this is my advice. It may not be word for word, but this is my advice. I said, your, your, his house is probably five or six miles, maybe, uh, the way the crow flies, and maybe a little further driving, to the Gulf of Mexico where that thing was coming in at. I said, you go down there to the edge of the ocean, and I said, you point your finger out there at Katrina, and you commanded to stop in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said, you watch it a few minutes. And I said, if it don't stop, run like a chicken. <laughs> it's better to be a live faith chicken than a dead one. Because I knew nobody was going to stop it. It had already been decreed and declared and released by God himself for the devil to do what he was going to do. But faith folk can't grab this stuff sometimes. And it's not God doing it. We bring it on ourselves. We bring things on ourselves. 2011. Now things happened all along, but I'm just giving you some high points. 2011, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina at Wessex Court. Y'all know where that is. Wessex Court there in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was at Pastor Phil and Cheryl Jackson's home. 
I used to be the promise child there, but it, <laughs> they understand. But anyway, we were praying for revival. That's what we were. We had a, a group in the living room just praying in their living room. So I was kneeling down, and I remember I was at an armchair, and there was kind of a windows there, a pool out in the yard and all that. And I knelt down to pray. And as I got in the spirit, and we're praying about revival. We're praying about the God moving there at the church and moving in Charlotte, moving across the world, moving everywhere, you know. We're not praying to, to see a vision, not asking God to see a vision or nothing like that. But while I'm praying, all of a sudden, I saw airplanes running into buildings, buildings collapsing, pandemonium breaking out and people running everywhere in panic. And I thought, I'm out of my mind. So I got out of the spirit and I thought, well, what am I doing? What am I seeing here? Because I knew I saw it just as real. I got back in the spirit and this time I saw it and it was even stronger. And the Lord said to me, declare to this people that you're praying with what you see because this is coming on the United States of America soon. This is in January of 2011. January. 2001, yes. 2001, yes. Excuse me. I knew it had a one. Yeah. <laughs> one, it's got a one. I could see that one. I couldn't see the other one. That's why I got people. But January 2001, because it happened in September the 11th. That's what it was. I got to get it straightened out. But anyway, it was January 2001. And he said, declare what you're seeing. I said, Lord, we're praying about revival. Remember, he said, warn them from me. We're praying about revival. We're praying, you know, that good things are going to happen, not some kind of destruction is going to come. And so I got out of the spirit. And then I started praying again, got back in the spirit, and I saw it again. And real strong and bold in my spirit, the Holy Ghost said to me, declare to this people that I was praying with, what you see and what's coming on the United States of America. I said, Lord, I don't want to do it. He said, declare it. I didn't know how to declare it. How do you stop a prayer meeting? So I just stopped praying and uh, sat up on my knees because I was kneeling down. And I said, now hear this. Now hear this. That's just the way I said it. Now hear this. And I heard somebody scrambling over there and I found out later it was Senator Bayhackle's daughter. She was in there. She, he was a senator in North Carolina. And her, her daughter, his daughter, was in that room. She grabbed her notebook, because I wouldn't mic or anything, and she began to write down. She was good at that shorthand and all that stuff, and, and uh, shorthand, longhand, no hand. I'm good. I'm good at Georgia chicken scratching. I can do it. I can put her down there. You know what I mean? And so I began to speak out what I saw and the devastation and destruction that was coming on the United States of America. I saw it. And the Lord said to us, the reason this has happened is because my people are not walking in the place that they should and taking their authority and the devil is creeping up on them to bring destruction and devastation in uh, this nation. It's not God that's going to do it. And he can't stop the devil in a sense, because I have to do it. You have to do it. Amen. Jesus told Brother Hagin, if you had not bound that devil, I could not. 
So you could imagine when I spoke that out, what happened? The prayer meeting came to an end abruptly. So we sat around and, and, and uh, thought this thing through, you know. And then finally, you know, after a good while of thinking and talking and suggesting and decreeing and declaring, you know, for these others, you know, and we were supposed to be praying for revival and, and said, uh, Pastor Cheryl Jackson just finally spoke up and said, my God, Randy, said, you're out of your mind. <laughs> You'd have to know her to understand that. Said, you're out of your mind. Ain't no way. What do you mean? I said, I'm telling you what I saw. I submit it to you. I consider you to be my elder in the Lord. The Lord told me to speak it out. That's all I got to do. Then I'm clear. Isn't that what the scripture says? Nobody's blood on my hand. Said, Brother Randy, did you say anything about it? Certainly did. Published it. Said, did everybody hear about it and, and read about it? No. They didn't. But is that my fault? No. Because I've done what I'm supposed to do. Just like when I went to England, God sent me over there and told me to tell them they had the door to the devil open and devastation and destruction was going to come if they didn't change. And I got discouraged because all of England and the United Kingdom folks did not show up. Some of them did, you know. Had a good crowd, but not all of them. And I got discouraged. I said, Lord, you told me to come over here and prophesy to England. And I said, uh, everybody's not here. He said, what does that matter to you? He said, they had the opportunity to be here. He said, so they are now without excuse. In less than a week from us walking away from that soil, devastation and destruction took place right there on some of the same places that I stood. Wow. Then I started getting calls. <laughs> Everybody believes it after it happens, you know. Everybody does. And listen, I'm not bragging because I don't know everything. I'm just telling you, God knows everything. And I'm leading up to something. But I was led by the Holy Ghost to go back and tell some of these stories. So anyway... I saw that about the, in fact, we found out and we all knew about September 11th, 2001. That's when the airplanes ran into the buildings down there in New York and then the plane crashed over there in Pennsylvania. And then, of course, uh, went into the Pentagon also. Remember that? And, and, of course, we thought we was under attack. They made every plane land that was in air, American airspace. They put them on the ground as quick as they could at any airport they could get into. But they'd done all those things, you know. So here we are. And I'm seeing these things coming and I'm wondering what in the world, what in the world, what is going to go on? So the time that this uh, took place, I was actually up in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. You know where Gatlinburg is? I was in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, not in the same hotel that we're at now, but another hotel right up on the road. And we was out in a minister's uh, meeting and I was sitting having breakfast, I was having a breakfast, you know. And at this round table with, I don't know, four, five, six others and other tables throughout there. All of a sudden, the, one of the servers came in that worked at the hotel and said, do you fellas know what's going on? We said, no. He said, we're under attack because that's what they thought. We was, under, was at war. He said, well, I can plug up a TV right here. He said, we got cable right here. And I said, roll one out. And the plane had already hit the first building 
And we watched the second plane hit the second building and then we watched while the whole thing collapsed. And that's what I saw. That's it. It happened. Just like I saw it. I didn't understand it all. I'm not saying I understood it all when I saw it. But I, the Lord told me that those things would happen. I saw the planes run into the buildings. I didn't know where, didn't know how, but the Lord showed me it was going to happen. And, and uh, I remember when I got back home, which is right away after this, I got back home. My wife and I was asleep out on McKee Road. Y'all know where McKee Road is? It's in Eupatoy, Georgia. Said, what is Eupatoy, Georgia? Well, it does have a small post office, but it doesn't have a caution light or nothing. It does have a stop sign. There's not even a store or a gas station or anything in Eupatoy, Georgia. <laughs> but I lived there on the key road. About five o'clock in the morning, after, right after I got back home, the phone rang our house. I had a landline then. Now I don't, but I had a, a landline where he called in on the phone. And it was beside my bed. The phone rang at five o'clock in the morning because I looked. And I, I answered it. And guess who it was? Pastor Cheryl Jackson. <laughs> the one I'd been praying with in January. She said, look what we prayed out. <laughs> <laughs> she took ownership then, you know, look, we prayed out. This, this is happening. This is coming to pass. But I saw the reason it would happen was because that we had not taken our place properly in the church world. And of course, people don't want to hear this. We want to think that everything's all right. Just pat me on the back. Give me my bottle and, and let me go, you know. And it wasn't that God was doing it to us. We had opened the door to the enemy. And that's how it was coming. But God can stop things also. I had another experience around the year of 2000. You've heard about the gold dust phenomenon. Did y'all get into that up here? And the jewels appearing and all this stuff. Well, I didn't know a whole lot about it. You know, I wasn't around it. But suddenly while I was praying one morning... On a Friday morning, I was suddenly in the spirit and I had a vision. And I saw the east coast of the United States of America. And I saw this black demonic cloud. I knew it was demonic cloud coming across the United States. And it was going to sweep across the nation. And I knew it was false doctrine and seducing spirits that would be in that cloud. And it would rain down upon people, Christians now. The devil is not trying to seduce the world. He's already got them. He's trying to seduce the church. Right? So I seen the seducing spirits and doctors of devils. And then the Holy Ghost came upon me. And the word of the Lord came to me. And this is what he said. He said, the ones that stands at the forefront of what is known as the gold dust phenomenon and the jewels appearing phenomenon, he said, will be removed from the scene. He said, I have given them space to repent. They have failed to do so. So they will be removed from the scene because too many people are being led astray because these people were people that's supposed to know the Holy Ghost. Yes. But actually this stuff was supernatural, but it was supernatural of the devil. Do you know that the devils can work miracles? Oh, yes. 
when Moses and Abram went down and Abram threw down that rod in front of the Egyptian king, the Pharaoh, that rod turned into a snake. They threw down their rod, it turned into a snake. And the devil worshipers matched Moses and Aaron miracle for miracle to a point, And then they could not reproduce them anymore. And they told Pharaoh, this is a mighty power of God. You better let these guys alone. But the de- they done it with demonic power. Why does the devil work miracles? To deceive. It's all about deception. So the Lord said they're going to be removed. And I knew it would be a woman. And I didn't know it at the time. But I knew it'd be a woman because she was the one that introduced this to the United States. And then it would be a man. I knew that. And I spoke it out. In fact, it's recorded. All this was recorded. And that was on a Friday. Well, it spread like wildfire, you know, because I mean, people had embraced this stuff. You remember about the oil in in the Bible? Well, y'all know what happened about that, right? Remember, the Lord had me speak out about that. The guy got busted going into the tractor supply store, buying mineral oil, pouring it on that Bible, and he had to deceive half of the Christian world in the United States. This Bible supposedly leaking oil. Listen, if you're leaking oil, you need to fix it and put a gasket on it. <laughs> but I warned them. I mean, people, I mean, you're, you're, you'd be shocked at the people that got caught up in that. But the Lord told me to warn them about it, that that stuff was of the devil. It's actually deception. It wasn't even supernatural. He was exposed recently. And I mean mean within the last few weeks was exposed. Did y'all hear about the Bible with the oil coming out of it? You're protected. But anyway, listen, can, can I help you? I'll help you. Anything, any object that takes your attention off Jesus is not from God. They're putting their attention on the oil in this Bible in a bucket. You always, the Holy Ghost will always point you to Jesus, not some object. He's not going to do that. That's a good rule of thumb. Just to know whether something's of the devil or not. But anyway, the Lord showed me that these, these that stood at the forefront of that minister would be removed because they had given them space to repent for leading his people astray and getting into false doctrine and seducing spirits and introducing it to, especially to the United States. And it spread other places, I'm sure, but especially there. That was on a Friday. Well, it spread, spread like wildfire. And of course, come under attack. Had many, even Rhema ministers... Bless their darling hearts. Council meetings because they said Randy has missed God. He's went off the deep end. These is people that sat at the feet of Dad Hagen. In fact, I had to appeal to Dad Hagen because I got so much flack about it. And what I done is I said, this is what happened. And I said, if I'm wrong, I said, I'll publicly get up and announce that I have missed God. And I'll repent. This is what he told me. He said, son, he said, the proof of the pudding's in the eating of it. He said, did what you say come to pass? I said, yes, sir. He said, that's as far as you need to go right there. He said, I'm going to tell you the truth, son. He said, I'm going to tell you the thing that I always told you. He said, I'm a stickler for the word. He said, if I can't find it in the Bible, he said, I'm not going to accept it. Now, he did balance it out with this. 
He said, there may be something that happens that you just don't have chapter and verse for, and then you've got to follow the Holy Ghost in it. Yeah. And he told me about oil coming in the palms of his hands. Yeah. But one of the things that he told me was, I never showed it publicly. Yes, that's right. I never drawed attention to myself. That's right. I showed it to a few individuals, and he said, all I can think, Randy, is, is that, uh, it, you know, Jesus put his finger in the palm of my hand. Remember that in heaven? And he said, I just assume it had something to do with anointing. I don't know. He said, but I never brought attention to myself. I always pointed people to Jesus. Amen. Well, it happened on a Friday. On the following Friday, I was going to Dad Hagen's meeting in Birmingham, Alabama. Pastor Scott Webb, he was going to go over there. And Dad Hagen was put on his own meeting in Birmingham at his church uh, and do a two-week meeting. And I was driving that meeting and I got a call from the pastor in West Decatur, Pennsylvania, where I had, had to share that vision about the devastation destruction. He said, Brother Randy, you heard the news? I said, what news? He said, so-and-so died this morning. I said, what? He said, she died. It was the one that stood at the forefront of the gold dust phenomenon. She died the next Friday, just like God says. God knows everything. Isn't that right? He knows what's going to happen, what's not going to happen, what's going to take place, when it's going to take place. In fact, the Bible says he will show you things to come. Now, that doesn't mean you can't get the idea where he shows you everything, brother. No, he don't have to show me everything. He shows me things if he wants me to know it. Or he wants me to say it. So I don't know everything. Just like the, the servant Gehazi and with the prophet Elijah. Remember that? Where he went and he took the goods and from the man. If Gehazi would have known that Elijah knew everything, then he would have never went out and accepted the, the goods from the guy and the money from the guy. Isn't that right? He would have never done it. So he knew that if the gifts wasn't in operation that he wouldn't know it. And he was just hoping the gifts didn't go in operation, but they did. Because when he come back in, he said, my heart went with you. Which means I saw you. I saw this happen. Well, when the lady died that had introduced that phenomenon, gold dust, jewels, and all that stuff, she died uh, within a week, within, within seven, eight days, ever how long it is from Friday to Friday. And then it was about six to seven months later that the man that was involved in it, the head of it, you know, died too. But do you know that there's still people fooling with that stuff? And it's all demonic and it's of the devil, whether you do it or not. I'm glad you're excited about it. I could just tell you wanted to shout, you wanted to get like granny. I'm telling you, I could. <laughs> so Brother Randy, this is kind of sobering tonight. Well, you ordered, you ordered it up. You prayed it in, you know. But I could, just, I could tell you story after story along these lines, you know. That this happened to me, not because I uh, tried to make it happen. It's just the way the Lord called me. I didn't, and I didn't ask him for this ministry. I didn't ask him for this place. But he delegated this place to me. So I said all that to bring you up to this. The Lord showed me in de December that this year, 2020, of December 20, uh, 2019, he showed me this year will be a year of spiritual warfare. Yes. Then he showed me in January there would be a year with distractions 
And he said, don't yield to them. But I want to tell you what he did not show me and he did not tell me. He did not tell me that we're going under. He did not tell me that the devil's going to take over. He did not tell me there's going to be devastation and destruction. And if it was going to happen, he would have told me. So get that doggone fear out of your mind and out of your life. I'm here to tell you, God is still on our side. Jesus Christ is still alive and we're not going under, even though the world as a whole is in pandemonium and fear rushing all over the country. I'm here to tell you, it's not going to come near you if you trust God and believe God. And again, I believe that the Lord would have shown me because he don't tell me it's a part of a truth. He tells me the whole thing. He told me about spiritual warfare. Are we in it? If you're not, we can share some with you. We can share some. They ain't a greedy bone in my body. Give mine to Geraldine. I mean, I'm telling you, give mine to Geraldine. And I'm not saying that like I'm going under or I'm oppressed and I can't make it. No, I'm singing. I was singing in the room in there. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy, 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 happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy since the Lord saved me. Woo! <laughs> but you know where that's coming from? Out of my spirit. While everybody else is in fear and grief and wondering, what am I going to do? Climbing under the bed, digging a hole, getting in a cave. Down in Oklahoma, they call them Frady holes. Frady holes. Tornado shelters. Now, I've got a tornado shelter at my house. Now, it's not very big. It's a round cylinder thing that you get in when a tornado comes. The reason I got it is because the Lord told me to. Because I've rebuked a tornado and seen it turn and go by my house. And I mean, my son is a witness to it, Randall, who you know. But after that, the Lord said, get you a tornado shelter. Well, we was getting this tornado shelter. It's not very big, you know. But it opens this door and it's safe. I mean, it keeps you, they bolt this thing down with radars through the ground and all that kind of thing. I think they grab the horns of the devil and tie it to it. I don't know what they do, but <laughs> they put her on down yonder, you know. And they can mount it in your garage. And this is a space-saving thing. And so I was asking the fella, I said, how many people could actually get in this thing? He said, it's according to how scared you are. <laughs> uh, he was a country boy, you know. He, he just tell the truth. It'll hold three or four, but if you're real scared, you put six or seven in this thing. My God. <laughs> and you just get in and stand up because that thing just comes through, whoosh, and it's gone, you know. But the Lord told me to get one, you know. And so I, I've got one in my home. But they call them in Oklahoma, the country folks call them Frady Holes. <laughs> so you might want to go get in your Frady Hole about the coronavirus, but you ain't got to. Amen. I believe, I don't, I'm not saying that you don't use wisdom. I'm not saying any of that. So don't, don't take that out of context. But I'm saying this, if it was going to be devastating, I believe the Lord would have showed sure. me. Amen. 
And remember, he don't show me everything, but something like this on the magnitude that it is, it affects the whole world and this nation and that nation, the United States. He did show me it was going to be spiritual warfare. So that means we've got to operate in our authority like you've been taught. And you know, if you come to this church, I don't even have to tell you about your authority. You know it. In other words, we don't take a passive position. In other words, we exercise our faith. We bind the powers of darkness and we command that thing not to come near our house in the name of Jesus. We stand against it. Then remember also though, the Lord said to us, and I shared with you here, remember in January, he woke me up uh, in the middle of the night, 1.15 a.m. in the morning, and he said, uh, distractions will come during this year. He said, but don't yield to them. It can be easily get distracted and caught up, especially if you watch the news. I mean, some news channels, are, I mean, it's just you think you're going to die tomorrow, you know. I'm telling you the truth. I mean, I know in the United States, they've already three uh, states. I believe it's Maryland. I thought it started with it was Delaware, but I think it's Maryland. And I thought it's because he wasn't there. They were just going to close the door and not let him back in, you know. But, but, <laughs> but I believe it's Maryland, Ohio, and Kentucky have basically shut down their schools. You can't gather in any larger numbers, congregate. And no churches, no nothing. I mean, they're, they're doing it. Three different states. They're close, they closed uh, Disney World, Disneyland in California. You know what I mean? All, all these things are going on. So you can see that fear is gripping the nation. President Trump, Vice President Pence, and other leaders, key leaders, are trying to bring comfort to the nation but when you got the news channel, major news channels constantly spewing out doubt and belief, constantly, it, it just reinforces what the devil's trying to do. But I'm here to tell you, if it was going to be devastating, if it was going to be the plague of all plagues, the Holy Ghost would have shown some of us. He did say it would be spiritual warfare, but he didn't say I was going to die or you either. You understand? We take our place, we run our race, and the enemy is not going to win. Yeah. If it's going to be devastation, he would have showed, he, he might not necessarily showed me, but I believe that he would. Yeah. Yeah. He would have showed somebody. Yes. He did tell us it's going to be a time of spiritual warfare, and that's the truth. Yes. Not, not in a sense fighting the devil, he is defeated, but remember we talked about enforcing his defeat. Yes. And then he told us about a time, a year of distractions. And we just thought, you know, these distractions we've already faced was enough. But here we got this coming now. Yeah. Don't let all of this distract you from the truth of God's Word. Yeah. God's Word still means what it says. And Jesus Christ is still alive. And we're not going under. We're going over in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our best days, our finest hours are ahead of us. I've been hearing pastors say that. I don't even know if he knows it, but he's been saying it unconsciously sometimes today. Best days are ahead. He ain't got no better sense than to believe it. <laughs> he lost his mind. He hadn't crawled in no cave anywhere. We're believing God. And ladies and gentlemen, your best days are ahead. 
things are going to normalize. Satan's trying to rock the boat right now, rock people's faith right now, but just stand your ground. Stand on the Word of God. On that solid rock, Jesus Christ, and He cannot take you out. Everything's going to be all right. And I know that I heard some schools are closing around here too. I've heard that. And listen, I'm not saying that people don't use wisdom. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm just saying this. It's not going to be like they say. Because I believe people are waking up. And hopefully people are getting saved. You know what I mean? And turning to God in this because there's nowhere else to go. You go to God, there's nothing else out there. And thank God that he'll help us. Father, in the name of Jesus... We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the power and the anointing of God. And Lord, we've made the decision that Satan under our feet we will trot. Lord, you show us things to come. You guide us into all truth. Oh Lord, we've said that right here tonight. Lord, we've, we've believed that we've declared exactly what you wanted me to declare and said what you want me to say. And Father, I thank you for this now in the name of Jesus.